0: Hi, I'm Zibbie Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Hi, everybody. I hope this week you'll check out We Found Time, my new online magazine, where we have essays this week by best-selling author Jill Santopolo, who wrote The, the Light We Lost. It's about her working out. V.C. Chickering, Allison Kane, Melissa Schultz, and Ashley Prentice Norton, um, who wrote The Chocolate Money, which I loved. They have written five amazing, beautiful essays, and you should go check them out at wefoundtime.com. This week's sponsor I'm really excited about is Peeled Snacks. And I've been buying Peeled Snacks for a long time, so I'm super excited they want to be a sponsor. My particular favorites are the apple gently dried fruits. But I'm also now obsessed with the salty snacks they have, particularly um, the baked pea crisps in sea salt flavor, which are delicious and amazing to have stocked now in the midst of this pandemic because they're healthy and um. I don't feel guilty giving them to the kids. Uh, the fruits, too, are made with no added sugars. So that also makes me feel good since I alternate those with Fruit Loops. Anyway, Peeled Snacks is giving my listeners, that means you, a discount code of 15% off the entire purchase for just this week. And the discount code is capital Z for Zibby15. So go to Peeled Snacks, Zibby15. You get 15% off, stuck up on some of these awesome, healthy, dried fruits and salty snacks. By the way, the baked pea, pea puffs with butter and sea salt are also really awesome. Um, so you'll know what I'm snacking on, and we can snack together. Thanks so much to Field Snacks for being a sponsor. Amy Klein is the author of The Trying Game, Get Through Fertility Treatment and Get Pregnant Without Losing Your Mind. Amy wrote the Fertility Diary column for the New York Times Motherload blog for three years. She writes frequently about health and fertility for publications such as Newsweek, Slate, The Washington Post, and others. She currently lives in New York. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? Good. Are I love you? your background. It looks
1: so warm and homey.
0: Oh, thank you. You know, we actually bought this house furnished, so I didn't really do much. But yeah, they even had, okay. I was like, when we came inside, they had like all these like trinkets out in places. I'm like, leave the trinkets. Like, don't move anything because I wouldn't know how to do it that way. <laughs> exactly.
1: But thank do you me. like my nice white backgrounds over here? It's good for Zoom background. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, thanks for
0: coming on. The name of your, I have it right here. Oh, fertility diary column you had in the New York Times where you shared all of your experiences, which culminated in your daughter, Lily, I guess, who's probably five-ish, something like that. Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. I have a five-year-old too. So I know you started writing your book as like a memoir. That was your first go at it. And it became more of a prescriptive book, but I want to hear your thoughts, particularly now what's going on with everybody who might be going through this now. I mean, my heart is like going out for everybody
1: and I don't know. Tell me, just talk about everything. It's such a hard time right now. I I mean, I didn't think my fertility journey could get any harder, but this is a hundred times harder because basically most clinics have closed and they're not letting people get pregnant, you know, and I know everybody's talking about, oh, a baby boom, oh, a baby boom. But if you're going through fertility treatment, even if you can to, you know, an egg freezing or an embryo freezing, they don't want to transfer. They don't want you to get pregnant because if you're going to have complications or if you're going to just have, you know, all the things that, you know, in fertility treatment pregnancy is only the first step. You still have to go through a lot of testing. You still have to go through a lot of doctor's appointments and they don't want that. I have a very good friend right now who just had an IUI before quarantine and she can't get her blood test. She's just going to have to wing it and hope it works. And so my heart really goes out for anyone who's trying right now because you can't only get pregnant and then you have to be online, every watching everybody either talk about this baby boom, that's not gonna be for them, or just people complaining about being home with their kids. And, you know, like one person said to me, I was doing a story on it and she said, you know, I just had a miscarriage. I would do anything to be stuck at home with my baby right now. So that's really sad. And I complain, even though I used to say I would never complain. Obviously, I complain about being stuck at home with a four year old and trying to homeschool. So I have to, you know, keep that in mind that I'm lucky to be home with a four year old right now. And we're all lucky. And obviously, you know, just complaining about, you know, oh, children in China, were starving. That's what they used to tell us when we didn't want to eat our food when we were little. So that doesn't help. It's just nice, you know, it's just to keep in mind that there are women on the fertility boards who are saying that they, you know, are just not happy right now and they would give anything to be stuck at home with their kids. So obviously we're going to complain about our kids. Just keep in mind that, you know, not everybody has the family situation that they want. And if you're 39 or 41 and you have a six month hiatus, I mean, that's freaking out time. You know, I have another friend who was freezing her eggs and she was planning to, she's 41 and she was planning to do, you know, three and she's stopped. And she's like, this might be the end. This might very well be the end of my journey. So no matter what I, you know, what I thought I went through, you know, I went through four years and four miscarriages with 10 doctors in three countries. That was really hard, but I can't imagine having to stop right now in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's yeah. such a good reminder, too. I mean, I remember before I had kids, I, you know, I would look at people. I could barely, like, walk down the street after a while. It was like, all these people pushing strollers and right. all of this. And now it's been, you know, my oldest kids are almost 13. So I've been in it for so long that I forget. And I don't forget because I remember it very clearly, but You know, in my current like, oh, woe is me. I'm trying to homeschool four kids,
1: like blah, 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 you know. That's hard, too, though. You can have that. They can have an and and not a but. You know, that's hard, too, and that's also hard.
0: I know, but it's true. I mean, before I had kids, that that feeling of uncertainty was so much worse because you just didn't know, like, if I had just been able, everybody keeps saying like, if I had just been able to go back and know, right? If I had known that like life would take this crazy path and I would end up somehow with four kids when I wasn't sure I'd end up with any kids. Like,
1: right, I would I know have felt so much yelling. better.
0: But you can't know that. And especially you know now, now, it's like, I don't know. I feel like, and I don't know about you, but to the women out there, if there are any who are listening to this, who are feeling like, oh, I'm at the age and this is going to be tough and these this, this is going to ruin my whole chances. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's always things happen and there's still hope and not to freak. I feel like the freaking out about it is just going to make it harder. Like you just don't know. You don't know life is crazy, right? Like-
1: right. And there, there are some clinics that are still doing treatment. Like they're just doing the egg freezing and the embryo freezing. If you're in a place where you could go outside, there are some clinics that are still operating because they're mindful of the the time. And, you know, I have a whole chapter in my book, before we start treatment, I have a whole chapter on the emotional journey and you know, I have to address the oops, miracle pregnancies. They're so annoying when you're going through it. Like, oh my God, that person, oops, accidentally got pregnant. But, you know, there's so many stories like that, that you never know, you know, you got to be open to just seeing what happens.
0: That's so true. Tell me a little, and can you maybe move back just a smidge? Because this someone's writing such a nice long comment but I can't see your face oh that's better it says someone's sharing the ridiculous stuff my son is doing but my sister-in-law is TTC and I'm trying to be mindful of her and her feelings so I feel like other people are you know going through the same thing yeah hard to read and yeah there we go that's better thank you
1: yeah it's hard right now and it's hard to be mindful because everyone's struggling right now and whether you're single and you're stuck at home alone or you're living on top you know in a tiny New York City apartment like myself I'm can't really like, go anywhere. That's a struggle. Everyone has their own struggles. Yeah. So.
0: And part, part of it though, I also feel like once you start saying I shouldn't have the right to feel this, it just feels worse.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I said I was never going to complain after I had a kid and that lasted about, I'd say five or six months. Cause you know, I wasn't sleeping. I was breastfeeding I, I was going through all, and I said, well, am I going to let infertility rob me of the one thing that moms everywhere get to do, which is complain. You know, I, I have a way to complain too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Wait, so tell me, you tried to write this as a memoir, and you said people were not interested, and then all of a sudden you had this revelation that people didn't care about you. They just wanted to know how what they could do and how it could help them,
1: right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was writing, you know, when I first started writing this, I was just sending in columns to the New York Times, and she called me a mother load. And she said, why don't you make this into a weekly column? And then we'll quickly transition it in three to six months, three to four months. We'll transition it into a pregnancy column because we were both super naive. And then, you know, I had more than 30 columns spanning 30 years because at a certain point we moved it to monthly. And then I just was too depressed to even like write anymore until I got pregnant with my daughter. And then I always thought if I did have a baby, because I didn't know that I would turn it into a memoir. And interestingly, I know you were talking about in your last session how you're old, which you're not. But just when I started, this, there was not a lot of information out there on everything. And I was, you know, one of the first people to write about it in a public way, in a normal, accessible way. But in between the time I started doing treatment in 2012 and writing about it for The Times and then after I decided, sat back and looked at Have a Baby by 2016, 17, the information had exploded. And it went from not enough information out there to, oh my God, there's so much information. I don't know where to begin. And I did write a memoir and I shopped it around and one agent said to me, oh, I'm not so interested in your fertility journey. I'm interested in your bigger story, your longer memoir story, you know, about leaving religion and what it meant. And, you know, because I grew up religious, modern Orthodox Jewish, and now I'm secular. She was interested in the larger picture with fertility as a point in the book. And then another agent said to me, I need more prescriptive. I need more help. It was interesting because the agent who needed more help was going through fertility stuff. And the agent who wanted a bigger memoir had three kids and no fertility issues. So that was interesting. But then I just realized like every week, I was answering either from my times column or my other writing, I was just answering the same questions. And, you know, I, all these Facebook groups started popping up, which I didn't have when I was doing fertility and all these Facebook groups, you know, the science changed, but the emotional journey doesn't change. It was still the same questions. Oh my God, my best friend's pregnant and she wants me to throw her a baby shower and I can't. My mother-in-law won't get off my case. What do I tell my boss? So I realized it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. And my story was important, but my story is only part of it. And I think I decided I wanted to help, you know, I'm a writer and an essayist and I see myself as a, I never thought I'd be writing a prescriptive book, but it has a lot of my story when it's relevant in there. And I I interviewed, you know, I am a health journalist, so I've interviewed a lot of doctors and a lot of patients because I want to help people not make the same mistakes I did. I want to give them answers to the questions and I want to also you know, because there's so much information out there, I want to help them get through the journey. And even if it's something that they show their mother, you know, oh, read this book or show their best friend, read this chapter on baby envy. This is why I'm having trouble being happy for you. It's not that I'm not happy for you. It's just that I'm not happy right now and I want what you have. So if that could just make people feel less alone. And, you know, I say like, if you think going to all these events is going to make you a better person, like going to a bris. You know, when I had to cry myself in the bathroom stall, or if you think going there is going to make you a better person, then go. But if you can, you know, try to take care of yourself. And, you know, I have an article coming out soon about what I learned about infertility is helping me during quarantine.
0: That's interesting. I like that.
1: Because, you know keep your eye on the big picture, you know, you can't, you know, like if you just thought this was going to be over April 15th and now they're saying it's not going to be over April 15th and that sends you into a tailspin. Like you just, like during my infertility, I was trying to think, okay, just, I'm going to have a baby one day. This is going to be over at some point. I will have a family soon. I don't know how, and I don't know which way it's going to take, whether it's going to be adoption or donor eggs or a surrogate. I don't know, but I have to just see my picture on that baby. And, you know, now I'm just like, okay, I just have to remember this quarantine is going to be over. I don't know when, and I can't predict the exact date, but I just have to remember that it will change us in some way, but just remember like the end point, you know?
0: Totally. I love that advice. That's really great. Yeah. There's so much applicable. Where's your essay going to come
1: out? I shouldn't say I'm just waiting on an answer, but I'll let you, I'll send it to you. When okay. Out. Send me
0: the link when it's out. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you for all this advice. And I love having the perspective of people going through the treatments now and just being able to be thankful for the things that we have in a new way and maybe what we can do to reach out to people who we know are going through things like this and how.
1: No, give them a call. Even if you're drowning under homeschooling, just send them a text or an Amazon chocolate. Say, I'm thinking of you. It's always nice to be thought of. Totally. That's a good guiding principle for everybody about everything. So (laughs)
0: yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for everything. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Peeled Snacks for being a sponsor of this week's episodes. Peeled Snacks, again, discount code ZIBBY15, capital Z, ZIBBY15, uh, for 15% off your purchase for this week only. And go check out the wefoundtime.com essays. They're so good and uh, they'll make you laugh and think and feel and and all the good things. Have a great week. You can follow me on Instagram at momsdon'thavetimetoreadbooks. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.